Hello, adventurers. I want to take a moment to tell you that all our content can now be found uninterrupted and commercial-free on Apollo Plus. Apollo Plus is a subscription-based service that enhances your audio fiction experience with ad-free access to your favorite shows and exclusive content, while at the same time supporting us all as creators to keep bringing you quality content. Please take a moment to check out Apollo Plus at apollopods.com or download the app in your Google or Apple app stores. Again, that's Apollo Plus, your new home for quality audio fiction. Is this thing uh, recording? Oh, uh, hey, adventurers. It's me, Scott Mir, your uncharismatic dwarf friend. This episode was made possible by our supporters and patrons, Corey Fausch, J.D. Rose, Daniel Nichols, Haley Munoz, Brian Dowling, Storm Cone, and Jolene Fresquez. Join us supporting the show at patreon.com slash dice tower theater and tell the next person you see at the tavern how they should check it out. It's usually on a computer thing or maybe a phone, you know, those uh, magic picture boxes. This episode, we'd like to give a shout out to Jason Aoki, a longtime friend and supporter, and to Josh Wash Whippy, founder of GameMastery.com, where you can find great tips and tricks for your own game. Last episode ended with me and my brother Thotmir as we charged into battle with a huge blue dragon. The same one I saw fall out of the sky at the Celestine Tower. But this time, I'm closer, and that weak dragon doesn't stand a chance. Stand a chance. Stand a chance. Dawn of Dragons, Season 4, Episode 4, Blood and Dragons. The battle began, and the two dwarves attacked ferociously, shaking off the dragon fear and replacing it with deep dwarven rage, hacking into the dragon with their axes. Thotmir was hit full on by the lightning breath. Sparks radiating across his armor as he fell unconscious. Benedict and Davria made their way down the ramps. Echoes of battle resonating as other voices filled the halls with vendors purchasing provisions, like lizards barbecued on sticks or large insects. Ale and mead were poured from huge barrels taller than the kobolds tending them, and the soft jingle of coins rattling filled their greedy ears. Come this way. I bought us some time. (laughs) Sure. She smiled deviously. What did you do? I sent an old friend a message. A suggestion, really. A small message to Dekion, suggesting the match was, well, boring. As we were leaving, I saw him complain to Pallas, who agreed. (laughs) Tossing his goblet. Good thinking. That should draw out the match a bit while we get down there. Bring out the human warrior! Far from Benedict's sight on the arena floor, Sophie didn't hesitate to assist her chosen brother, Scotman. Running to the dragon, she dipped a low shoulder and in one motion, leaped, swinging upward to land on his jagged spine. Producing the two daggers of Zane's, she plunged them into the dragon's back. Howling in pain, the dragon swatted the annoyance with his tail sending Sophie tumbling to the ground. Pallas became enthralled, tossing his arms around like 
a stage director as he shouted at the announcer under the roar of the crowd. The match paused, Sophie and Azure stepping back out of range of each other while the crowd grew silent, save confused murmurs of anticipation. All except Scott Seeing his brother's crumpled and unmoving form on the ground, he remained stuck in his fury and continued to charge the dragon. Azure swatted a paw down on him, pinning him to the ground. Time to eat, you impatient insect. Meanwhile, to the right of the same gate the gladiators had entered from, Benedict and Dabria had slipped into the shadows as they saw Lord Pallas, flanked by four guards and a very excited Decion, enter. Waiting for the gate to open, they stood mere feet away from their would-be assassins in the shadows. He is weak. Yes, my lord. No matter. From the other side of the arena, Zorn saw the gate clank open and his father's entourage step out onto the arena floor. What are you doing, old man? Wait. Pallas motioned a hand in Zorn's direction. He calls for props, folks! Their deaths shall be framed in a glorious and blood-soaked setting designed by our great leader! Suddenly, a tree shot out onto the arena floor from the prop entrance, carried by the kobolds, Zorin diving into the shadows to remain unseen as a few dozen mercenaries and servants moved in to move everything into place at the call of Lord Palace himself. Soon building facades came out, and much to Zorin's horror, oh no, also the crates hiding Erlen. Stay down, you idiot. You better answer me. Una approached one of the glowing torches. It spat a green flame in the shape of a rose, a skull, and finally ashes. Why haven't you A voice in her head shrieked out. Grow stronger and fight me strong. I will, my master. But first I need to know how to rescue these prisoners and get them out of here. Torch flared and sputtered to a normal orange glow. She turned back to the group. Well, they're the friends of Chakos. <gasps> they could be. We we need to go tell Chakos. I'll do it. He he's my friend. Ivana saw a mouse and whispered a short song under her breath. The mouse ran to her. Tell Chakos we see a terrible thing about the prisoners. All of them are being destroyed slowly, and they are really friends of the kobolds. And they are his friends. Tell him we need his help. Okay, let's get his friends. 
They approached a hall to the side of that chamber with several cells, rusty bars caked with centuries of neglect. Inside the cells, they found the forms of five people. Spring that lever at the far end of the wall. That should let them out. I'm still watching the chamber with the dark altar. Cordelia was struggling to keep her overwhelming feelings at bay. She was overcome with hope, but knew she first had to get them out of there. The gates swung open. Let's go. They were human and elf, if they were to guess. But something was different. Eyes were brighter. Powerful muscles rippled under robes. Despite their weakened state, they held an unquestionable power behind their eyes. The sound of Chakos' anger shook the foundation of the temple as he ripped the chain from the wall. Through the magical eye, Cordelia saw the three figures in the altar run to investigate leaving the weakened man alone. Oh, we're trapped! No, we can try to flee deeper into the volcano this way. Follow me. Take them. I will join you. I'm going back for the last one. I'll help you! Una and the prisoners ran one way down the wide hall, while Cordelia and Lorvana ran back to the altar room. Soon after, a roar erupted down the hall. Go! Take him back! Need to save Chakos. Mm. Chakos? He still lives? Yes. Please, Cordelia. But you go! Cordelia nodded as she scooped an arm around the weakened man and then began to stumble down the hall. Morvana ran as fast as her little legs could carry her, back toward the roaring Chakos, wondering if she had made the right decision but knowing in her heart she did. Turning the corner, she saw Chaco's hunched, but still able to run towards her in the wide hall, his form barely clearing the opening. Bending a wing low, Morvana darted up to sit astride his neck as they barreled down the hall together. Looking behind her, the glow of fire erupted as she realized there was another dragon close behind. admiring the scene before him. Four fabricated palm trees stood in the center, along with the facade of an ancient temple. He was particularly nodding at the cutouts of some terrified villagers. Erlin felt Lord Palace draw closer, but as he did, something familiar pulled at his neck. Suddenly it felt like he was being pulled slowly towards him, like a magnet. Peeking from behind the barrel, he saw Palace mindlessly caressing the dragon turtle pommel of the sword at his hip. What? What is this? Looking at his necklace, he saw the blue eyes begin to radiate. Looking out, he saw the red eyes of the sword answer, softly glowing, seeing their shape were like twins. I... A wave of memory washed over him as he saw himself restrained on a dark altar, his being pouring from a screaming mouth as the red stones filled with all he was, all he remembered. 
You saw three cloaked men draining him into the Rugal. All went black until Zoran found him. Hey everyone, you aren't going to believe this. Imprisoned in a ruby cage, suddenly one word sat at the front of his mind. Forgotten until now. Watch out, my lord. Erlen stood up from the crates, surprising Pallas. <laughs> Pallas laughed as he regarded the new combatant. Before his eyes grew wide, in recognition, his eyes fell to the necklace in horror. What? You! No! No! A great pull happened that drew from his sword and the necklace itself like a great magnet. A flash of light and Erlen's necklace was gone as Worth's eyes on palaces. Dekion was enraged as he scrambled away, howling. No! Not you! Impossible! We watched you die on that altar! Erlen stepped forward, smiling, as he felt whole again. Looking up, he repeated the word in his mind. Erlen felt a familiar change as his body grew, expanding outward. The skin on his back hardened, and his hands became scaled flippers. The front rows of the crowd shrank back in terror, for before them was a hulking 20-foot-high dragon turtle. Azure charged at Erlen, driving him into the wall of the arena as everyone scattered to get out of the way. Erlen faced the dragon as his throat erupted a cone of superheated steam in a shrieking, deep roar. It hit full on, peeling the flesh from one side of Azure's face from the skull beneath. This was the battle Azure longed for. He tried to summon back his breath, but had to resort to claws and bites. The blows glanced off the hard spiked dragon turtle shell, protecting most of its body. Erlen breathed in again for a final attack. And Azure crumpled to the ground. The great worm was slain. Scott Mir. Scott Mir. Returning to his humanoid form after finding himself out of breath. Erlen rushed to Skotmir's side, only to be greeted by several dozen guards. How to take your form out of water, isn't it? <laughs> what was your name again? Ah, oh, yes. Erlen. How you came to escape the realm of the dead is curious. Very curious. Skotmir carried the limp form of his brother over his shoulder as they were all escorted back into the gate leading down the ramp to their cells. A voice was barely heard in the shadows as they walked by, but not over the roar of the crowd outside. Night Lord, 
Please, give him strength. Mistress Dabria, please, follow me. The familiar voice from the deeper shadows behind Benedict and Dabria startled her. What? Sharptooth? Yes. Please, my friend, follow me. We need to go. But now. And the other... No time. Come and live to fight another day. It's the only way. They will soon know you are here. It's true. Dekion can sense me. I I'm sure of it. And if Azure is here, that means Cobalt has likely exposed our lie now. At least to some. This way. As they disappeared deeper into a tunnel, hidden in the shadows, Benedict turned back. I'm sorry. May the maiden guide you, my friend. And he's gone. Cordelia ran frantically, trying to remember a spell as they burst into a glowing cavern. Magma fell all around the chamber, 300 feet away on all sides, as they ran along the thin rock bridge spanning the heart of a volcano. The alarm spell went off in her head as Isonatha's voice called out to her. Run, my friends. They are coming. Go. I will meet you back at the keep. Several kobolds swooped in out of nowhere on the bridge. Hey, come, come with us. Friends, await your heads. There's no time with us. bridge shook as the copper dragon slammed one foot in front of the other on all fours. The giant form of the red dragon fury burst onto the bridge before then taking flight in the wide chamber to allow the smaller guards to pass beneath him. Sensing fury draw breath into his mighty lungs, Chacos threw one broad, fan-like wing up as a shield over himself, Morvana, and effectively the rest of the group, who had now reached the far exit. The blast of fire slammed into his wing, driving him closer to the exit. They were only mere steps away, but the guards of the Dark Army were closing in fast. Look up there! Looking up, he saw how fragile the rocks above were, and smiled. Keeping his wing up to blast, he dashed to the exit. Chaco suddenly angled his wing to reflect Fury's breath into those loose rocks above as he blew acid across the bridge. They dove into the exit as everything crashed down, sealing them in the hall. Friends await you ahead. There is no time. They continued running down the hall for what seemed like several minutes before finally coming to a large cavern with hundreds of kobolds milling about. A village? I never knew of this place. They were approached by several of these rebel kobolds, but two more familiar faces stepped forward. Sister. And Sharptooth, correct? We are the Shadow Claws. We wish to return Enrook to what it was before the Dark Army came. Before the arena and the greed we are slaves to. Come now, you must flee. 
They slid a large rock that blended with the cave entrance behind them. Benedict noted they effectively were hiding from any pursuers that could come their way. Rocks poised to keep this place a secret for however long was needed, or even forever, they imagined. Here, this will take you through the mountain to the east, into Chikara. Take them home from there. Please take these healing salves and food for the journey, and... She looked at Dabria and smiled. My friendship and prayers forever. Deep under the arena, the cells of both combatants and champions alike. The halls grew quiet now at the end of the day and only the occasional footsteps of a guard were not heard in sparse but regular sequence. But amongst the rats, there is another shadow lurking the halls, free outside the cages, free, but now alone. Well, here we are again, Zoran. <sighs> Where are we gonna go now? This episode, Zoran, Cody Miller, Dabria, J.D. Rose, Benedict, Brian Dowling, Sophie, Sarah Jenkins, Cordelia, Jolene Fresquez, Morvana, Cara Danvers, Una, Becky Atchley, Ariat, Daniel Nichols, Kogiris, David Tilstra, Chakos, Scott C. Brown, Scottmere, Colton Jansen, Zane, Storm S. Cohn, Erlin, Jordan Thompson, Thoughtmere, Storm S. Cohn, Announcer, Joshua Thomas, Dekion, Matthew Bianchi, Lord Palace, Ian Wilkinson, Sharptooth, Haley Munoz, Azure, Heath Martin, Una's patron, Shannon Roby, Kobolds, Brad Colbrook, Shannon Roby, Patrick Mendelson, David Tilstra, Jolene Fresquez, and Mike Ashley, Fury, Barrett Giant, and Keldor, Mike Ashley. Thank you for joining us in this episode of Dice Tower Theater's Dawn of Dragons. Please join us in thanking our magnificent cast for their performance, and their full list can be found in the show notes. If you would like a sticker from the show, please leave a review on any podcasting platform and send a screenshot to dm at dicetowertheater.com with a mailing address we can send it to. In the next episode, what secrets will Zoran uncover, and will he wish he wasn't so curious? Until then, fellow adventurers, stay safe and remember the oath.